0: You have been such a generous church family. Thank you for being on mission. Let me talk about that, start, as we look into this, uh, our message today, that you and I are are people of hope, people who have a message, people who are sent. Let me just read one story we got from someone uh, this week, an email from a friend here at Grace. He wrote about a friend at work who started asking questions about faith, and I've changed a few details, Just keep this anonymous, uh, but here's what he wrote. He says this. Hey, Pastor Jonathan Marius, my colleague and I have developed a good friendship with some common interests in our career path. I've talked about my faith in the course of conversation. I've noticed that he hasn't shut me down when I mentioned Jesus. He listens. I knew he wasn't a Christian, but I never pushed anything. Last week, we were at a conference together, and he asked if we could get dinner and talk. We settled on barbecue ribs Um, that's a great choice but best of all i was so encouraged when he told me he wanted to talk about jesus it was amazing god did all the work to look back on the last three years and in hindsight to see the seeds the lord has planted in this friendship wow it has been so amazing my colleague asked a few questions at dinner mostly personal things some theological asked about the concept of overcoming fear plus lots more. We talked for quite a while and he didn't seem skeptical. Instead, it was like he was truly seeking and God is calling him. More chapters to be written, right? Friends, God is at work all around us, all around you. Do you believe that? He, he's, he's doing things in the lives of people around us and, uh, and he wants to show his kindness and his goodness and his love and his his joy and uh, through you and through me where, wherever we go because we live in a world where um, there's just, that needs, that needs Jesus. So you're sent, you're sent to your neighborhood. You know that Jesus, you do know, he knows all your neighbors' names. He knows your colleagues. He cares about your colleagues. You guys who are at Lorraine Correctional, he knows the guys on your cell block, the person who's, going to child with you. He he know he knows them all, the new people, the ones that those of you who are students, maybe you're in fourth grade or you're in college, he he has strategically put people in your class and people in a group project or sitting across the, you know, on the desk next to yours. And God has sent us to the places where he wants us to be. And sometimes even that involves detours and disappointments and you're in places that you never intended. You're in a, a waiting room or you're in some kind of office or a courtroom or something where you go, I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be on this bus or this plane or wherever. And, and, but Jesus knew you would be there and he strategically sent you because he wants to touch people through you. Here's the question. How can we be prepared for those moments? How can he be prepared for those moments? What message does Jesus want to communicate through you and through me when we're having a meal with a colleague or a talk with a neighbor across the fence or wherever it may be. I'd like you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, Either in your paper Bible, your Bible app. You'll see that uh, little icon on the screen there. If you missed notes on the way in, uh, you can pick up some notes on your way out. The table's right by the doors or just go to our website, greasima.org. You'll see the bulletin and there are fill-in notes available right there. Again, uh, hi to all of you who are at Olmstead Falls, uh, our campus there, Guys of Lorraine Correctional. Glad to have you with us today as well as we dig into God's word. Often I do a long chunk of scripture. Today it's one verse, and because it's one verse, I would like you to say it aloud with me. Okay? So those of you online, those of you here, First Peter chapter 3, verse 15, you can read in your translation Bible, or you can read off the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give you the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. What does he say that we have? He says that we have hope, right? We have hope, followers of Jesus have hope. Even if you don't feel hopeful today, you're a person, if you put your trust in Jesus, you can be a person of hope. Friends, that, that is such and such short commodity in the world in which we live, right? There's, there's all kinds of things to be fearful about today. We could talk about economic uncertainty. Uh, you look at the stock market this past week and you go, wow, it looks like a roller coaster at Cedar Point the last month, right? Except it's mostly down. Uh, you, we could talk about some of the international conflicts like Russian aggression in Ukraine or what's happening in China. You go, I don't know what's going to happen like or what, what's going to happen in our world or climate stuff. or It might be something really close to home that you're, or people around you, they're nervous about, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to get the job? Uh, it might be looking ahead that they go, I wonder at some point, like, I'm going to die and they're, they're fearful of death. There's all kinds of things that we can fear that there there might be fear of embarrassment, of failure, of rejection, of disappointing others. And you know what Peter says? He says, if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, you have hope. You have the gift of hope. You're sent with hope. In fact, he says more than that. He says followers of Jesus have what kind of a hope? A a living hope. Turn back one page to 1 Peter chapter one. And here's how Peter starts his letter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into what? A living hope. A living hope. Like it's active. It's something that today we can grab a hold of through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance Listen to this: if you're a follower of Jesus, you have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Wow. Why do we receive it? It's because of his mercy, his great mercy. Made possible how? He says through the resurrection, the dying, and the coming back to life of Jesus. That when you trust in Jesus, that you're adopted into a family. And it's, it's sort of like in, in, you know, a lot of families They'd be like, hey someday you're going to receive an inheritance and you might go I'm not in family I'm not I'm not getting inheritance trust me in my family well if you put your trust in Jesus you have an inheritance that's what he says that you receive part of it now and you're going to receive all of it in heaven one day and he goes and it can't be touched it's never going to spoil fade. it's not going to you have a living hope and friends when you have hope like that that hope helps you to overcome fear. If you look back at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, Peter tells him, he says, do not fear. He goes on, he says, do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. He's saying, when you focus on Jesus, when you know what he's done for you, he said, you don't have to be frightened. You don't have to fear. Because of the unshakable promise that we have in Jesus, we know that we can rest in God's good plan. We have a living hope. You might not feel hopeful today, but you know what? What we've commemorated today, Jesus has given you a living hope. Now, just to be clear, when we talk about hope, we're talking about um, a faith that's well-reasoned, intellectually sustainable. Like we're using hope in that sense. It's this firm confidence that something's going to happen. We're not talking about like hey, I'm playing the Powerball. Did you see on that billboard how much is $484 million? And I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. And I'm... Is that kind of hope intellectually sustainable? No, no, it's not. No, my brother-in-law is a math professor, and he goes, the lottery is sort of for people who don't really understand math. Um, and you might go, I'm really offended by that. I'm just saying, like, you might think, but, but you're, if you're hoping to win the lottery... That's not intellectually like, it's, it's more, it's your fun thing, but in all likelihood it ain't going to happen, right? That's not the kind of hope he's talking about here. He's talking about you have this deep sense of confidence that you know it's going to happen. Someone put it this way. They said, um, suppose that uh, Mary and I, you know, we saw you in the lobby and we said, it, you know, came up to you and we said, we, we felt prompted, and here's a check for a thousand dollars. Would you be able in that moment to go, you know what? I know the kind of guy Jonathan is. I'm just gonna thank him right now because this check is as good as $1,000. Would you trust me? Well, okay, you might not trust me, but you go, but if Mary's name is on it, I do trust her, right? <laughs> and she's gonna be good to her word. You would take that to the bank with every confidence with the certain hope that what? That check's gonna give you $1,000, right? Someone's going, I'm gonna go talk to you in the lobby after the service today, right? You, you, you thank me even before you go to the bank because you go, this is, a, this is a sure hope. Like, I, I know it's gonna happen. It's the same thing with the promises of God. That when we receive the promises of God, we can just say, God, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I know that you've promised me heaven. You've given me forgiveness. My hope is secure. You've given me a living hope. Friends, when you, when you had that, when you had this sense of just, people notice that there's something about you that, because we live in a world that is desperate for hope, right, when you look today, and we are more connected socially than ever, but there's, there's a rising level of loneliness, loneliness mental health issues, suicide rates, Centers for Disease Control, read this past week, that from 1999 to 2018, over that 20 years, the suicide rate has surged in the United States by 35%. Today, it's the 10th leading cause of death in our country. And for some of you, that's not a statistic. You you, you have someone in your family, someone you dearly love, and you go, oh my goodness. Yeah, that's real. Desperate for hope. By the way, if if in any way you go, I'm one of those I, I feel pretty hopeless right now. Can I can I just tell you 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 are loved. There's help available. Reach out. Reach out to us at Grace. Talk to your doctor. Find out. Look look at things and 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 to say there's something but 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 don't suffer alone. And in the end, you know, we can say there there you'll never you'll never have a living hope until you have a relationship with Jesus that's restored. In fact, if Paul the Apostle, he he tells us this in Ephesians chapter two. He says, he's asking us to think about for those of us who have put our trust in Jesus, he says, I want you to remember. Remember that at that time, before you put your trust in Christ, you were separate from Christ. Without what? Without hope and without God. You see the connection there? If you're without God in your life, ultimately... You're without hope. Yeah, you, you might not feel that. Like, people don't go around going, like, the teacher, like, I'm hopeless. Like, they don't, they don't say that. They, they, it's more of an internal feeling. They might feel like in the moment they're like, I feel pretty good about my life. Like, you know, I sort of like my job. I got some friends and family. But you know when hope, hopelessness often sets in is when they face their own mortality. I've seen it, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, where someone... Is facing, They get a prognosis, something happens, or they're, someone close to them has died, and they're like, my ship's been rocked. You know what the Apostle Paul says? He says, this is when you often see the, the clarity of difference between hope and, and no hope. And here's what he says. There's a passage that I've, with many of you, I've, I've been at a graveside service, and, and the caskets there, we're, were ready to, for that thing to, for that body to be lowered into the ground, that casket. And before we do, almost always I read some verses from 1 Thessalonians chapter four. Let me just read one of them. Paul says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have what? Friends, I I don't want you to ever be at that point. Maybe you're here, maybe you're gauging online and you go, I I don't really know for sure like what would happen to me when I die. You you can know. The Bible says in 1 John chapter five, these things are written, these things are written in the scripture that you may know that you have eternal life. And when you you know that, you've got a living hope and it makes all the difference in the world. It was eight years ago this past Monday that my dad took his final breath, October 10th of 2014. Some of you knew dad, dad loved uh, the Grace family and so many of you, dad and mom have nine children. All nine of us were gathered around dad's bed with some of our spouses, my mom was right there and a few were there virtually and, and we're all holding hands and we're singing a hymn and and we're singing this one verse, when passing through the gates of pearly splendor, we rest on thee. And we'd see my dad take his final, we didn't know it was his final breath, but he, and then he didn't exhale, and it was over. So you know what happens in those moments, like when, when someone dies, the same thing happened to my mom. All nine of us kids singing to my mom, taking her to the, you know, the, the heaven's gates. And, and so what happens is, in, in, a lot of you have been there, but... You know, dad's body is there, and the, some medical, you know, purse professional comes out, and they need to declare, you know, that he's deceased. So they come in, it's, it's pretty obvious, they check the vital signs, fill out their paperwork, and then they put them in a bag, and put them on a stretcher, and they wheel them out. So they're wheeling my dad's body out. And I'm in the living room, and the lady stops and pauses and looks at me, and she goes, you're people of faith, aren't you? And I go, oh oh, yeah, I'm gonna start crying as to talk about this. And she said, "Um, I can tell there's a difference. I said, really? And she said, oh oh, yeah, I've done this enough times. And I said, well, you're right because we know this isn't the end. There's another chapter still to be written and that chapter has no end. And we're gonna see dad again. And uh, and that's her hope, right? That's a living hope. And friends, I think Hebrews 6 comes to mind where the writer says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. In other words, when the storms of life are just howling all around you and you're like, I don't know what's happened in my life, that if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have an anchor that's firm and secure, you have a living hope, you have an inheritance And Peter says, I don't want you just to have that hope. I want you to always be prepared to do what? To share that hope, to give a reason for the hope that you have. Some of you have met a delightful couple here at Grace, Dr. Lonnie and Elizabeth Brownlee Reed. They were married a year ago at the ripe young age of 84 and 86. Here at Grace, we're on this platform. It was such a big deal that the news channels covered it. Yeah, you can give them a hand. (laughs) Elizabeth uh, told us, she goes, I was praying for 39 years for a godly man to come into my life, and God didn't let me down. <laughs> Lonnie's first wife had passed away, so they got married. Delightful, maybe they're here today. And, but long before they got married, they were both following Jesus, serving, making an impact. In fact, I've been struck, the reason I bring them up is because Elizabeth signs her emails, Elizabeth, comma, the hope dealer. And I always have loved that. I thought, she's, and if you know Elizabeth, you know she lives that out. Like you just talk to her for a couple minutes, you're like, I just feel better. What if we all, you know, Jonathan, hope dealer, Sue, hope dealer, Mark, hope dealer, Alex, hope dealer, that we're people who just walk around. And we have hope, in fact, in, in Romans chapter 15, Paul says this, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. What if we're, we walked around, Jonathan, a hope dealer, and we're just sort of overflowing with hope. People go, how, how, tell me what your secret is, because I see what you're going through. I know there's a challenge in your life right now, but you have something that I want. Always be prepared, he says, to share the hope that you have. Now, preparation takes time, right? It takes investment. We anticipate the opportunities that might come our way, and maybe you're just prepared that you have a line that you're going to say that, you know, someone goes, how do, you, how do you, like, what makes you tick? And you go, you know what, knowing, uh, having a personal relationship with the Lord it just made all the difference in my life. Like I, I have his promises and I know that uh, he writes the final chapter for my life and it's made all the difference in the world for me. Boom. And it's to see this planted. You've given a reason for the hope that you have. And if they go, well, tell me, what does that like specifically look like to you? In your notes, I put down a link to the bridge diagram, which if you wanna look that up, you can, but you'll see just a basic thing on the screen here as well. And, uh, but it's really saying, hey, here's God over here and here I am over here and there's this giant chasm and here's what, why that, you know, that chasm is and, and there's no way I can have a relationship with God but that's why Jesus came and, and it just gives you a really clear way briefly like in two minutes you can say here's the reason for the hope that I have. You can be a hope dealer. We've been sent by the Lord. That's the whole theme of this. We've been sent by the Lord. Remember what Jesus said? He says, just as the Father sent me so I am what? Sending you. He's sending you to your neighborhood. There's no mistake where you live, to your school, to your workplace. I mentioned you guys at Lorraine Correctional. He he has you in the right cell block for this time. If he moves you, it's because there's a strategic reason there. But God sends us into various places. Your current, listen to this, your current context and circumstances are not mistakes. There's there's no mistakes with God. He's not going, oh my goodness, how did they get there? And you never know where you'll be sent to bring hope. Can I, can I share one from my own life? A little bit of an embarrassing situation here. A number of years ago, I had a medical procedure. My doctor is actually in the service today, and he's a great guy. I love my doctor. And, uh, and, but I was sent off for a medical procedure somewhere else, and, and I needed to have this done. It was one of those things where it's sort of embarrassing, uh, where you're not, like, fully clothed. We'll just say that, you know? So I told Mary, and I go, you know what, I'm not really sure I want people from Grace, you know, medical people to be in the room in that situation. So I think I'm going to go like 30 minutes south of here. So that's what I did. So I, <laughs> so I make this, you know, appointment and I head down there for that uh, procedure. And I'm there and I'm in this place where you sort of, it's, it's a bit awkward because you're not in a place where you'd want to ever be seen uh, by in public and uh, sort of exposed, and, and so they come in before the procedure, and the nurse, there's clipboard or whatever, and taking some notes, and she's looking down, all of a sudden, she looks and goes, wait a second, are you Pastor Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> if I was ever tempted to lie about my identity, uh, no, I'm Peter, Peter Andrews, uh, and she goes, oh my, you're Pastor Jonathan, I mean, and I go, yeah, you remind me Remind me of your name, you come to grace. She goes, no, 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 but my friends go to grace. And and they've grown so much. They're always talking about God, and I'm from a different religious tradition, but I've been really intrigued. Like, what do you believe? I'm like, God, this is not the time. Like, (laughs) look at me. I mean, this is. (laughs) What did Paul say in season and out of season? I'm like, this is definitely out of season, God. This is like. So she goes, yeah, what do you believe? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) so in my head, I'm going, God, I never thought I'd share my faith looking like this. This is like unbelievable. So I said, well, really, it all comes back. It just starts with a personal relationship with with Jesus, that what he did for us and the cost he was willing to pay so that, that I could be adopted into his family and have purpose in this life. I know why I'm here. I know where I'm going, and, and that makes sense. She's like, wow, you know, and I go home and I tell Mary, it didn't work, you know. What I'm <laughs> it didn't work. So God sent me to share a message in a place I what's your excuse for not sharing, right? I mean it's uh, if you're in a clinic, you're in a dentist chair, you're on a seat on a plane or a bus, you're sitting across from a colleague at dinner at a conference. Always be prepared to share your hope. You have a living hope, a living hope. That's what he says, you're sent, you're sent. And friends, when we grasp that, we just have a new identity, right? That, that I, I'm, I'm a sent person, you're a sent person. God's not anxious about your situation. He, he knew exactly where you would be this week. When you wake up tomorrow, that, that you can just sort of say, Lord, Today, I'm, I'm being sent by you. Is there someone along the journey today that you want to touch their life? Jesus, I, I want to be available. Give me eyes to see people like you see them. No matter where you are, what you've been through, God is bigger always, and you are sent on mission with him. He wants to bless other people through you. That's the, that's the point. He, he, God wants to make an impact through your life. He wants that overflow of the hope in your life to make a difference for the people around you. But how do we do it? Like when there's disagreements about faith, let's say you talk to them and they go, I think that's a, like, I think that's a, a legend. Like people created Jesus because they wanted someone to follow. I mean the Bible, I mean is there, there's so many contradictions and, and you feel yourself rising up and how do we respond? Peter tells us, back to our theme verse for today, he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with what? Gentleness and respect. Sort of what you hear on talk radio today, right? Gentleness and respect, they're not, they're, not, they're rare commodities today, right? You know why Jesus, I believe, said that? Because when people are are resisting, arguing, whatever, debating, there's often, there's something deeper inside. Remember in Matthew chapter nine, it says Jesus looked out of the crowd and he he was filled with compassion. Why? Because he saw them as harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Again, they weren't going like, hey, my name is Joe and I'm harassed and helpless a sheep without a shepherd. What's your name? (laughs) Jesus, he saw that though. You saw him going through the hustle and bustle of life and he goes, no, they're, they're lost. I got compassion on them. And because of that, gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. And do it gently and with respect. You know, you might say, Jonathan, I, my starting point is I don't really feel very hopeful. Like, I, I don't feel like I've got this living hope. In just a moment, we're just gonna pray and just say, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? It says in Romans 15, you're the God of all hope. That you fill us so that we will overflow with hope. God, I want to overflow with hope. And friends, when you, when you do, there's, there's a verse in Romans 12, just four words: "is says be joyful in hope." Like it's possible for you and for me to have that, uh, no matter what might come our way. Let me let me end with a story here. Someone who did this, Mary and I have friends, uh, Mary and Vern. Uh, I won't say their last name. Mary and Vern, and uh, their military family, and and they were serving in Hawaii, one of those really bummer of a places. Like, oh man, we got to go to Maui again, you know. And, but they're there in, in, in Hawaii. But the problem was that they were really far away from family. Well, while they're in Hawaii, uh, they, were, they were lapsed to some kind of religion, but they were not actively active in their faith at all. But someone they really respected invited them to a Bible study. So Vern and Mary were like, yeah, we like them. You know, I don't know. We don't know much about the Bible. We'll go. And they, they go, and their hearts were just ready. They end up in the course of time, they give their hearts to Jesus, and, and, and their lives are being transformed. Well, Mary's mom was back in Arkansas. And so she's calling her mom, and saying, Mom, I found this new relationship with Jesus. He's changed my life like I'm just a different person. I really want you to know Jesus. And mom was just like, just spiritual, like, you know, there, there was a flat line. So then she goes and visits her mom. And again, just like not really interested. And a few months later, Mary's mom dies. Mary goes to Arkansas, goes to the memorial service. Heart's sort of broken. She's like, I have no idea. Like, I want to think my mom's in heaven, but I didn't see any kind of, like, response. After the memorial service, this woman comes over and says, are you, are you one of Eleanor's children? Mary goes, yeah, that's my mom. She goes, I, I don't know if your mom told you, but she said, I lead a Bible study at the nursing home where your mom was residing. And your mom started coming to the Bible study a couple months ago. And several weeks ago, I was talking to your mom, and and uh, and there was a spiritual interest, and your mom prayed and put her trust in Christ. And Mary was Mary was like <laughs> hugs and tears, and she's like, I can't believe it. I was praying for my mom, and God sent you to my mom. Friends, you know what I believe? There are people that live nearby you, that someone's praying for them hundreds of miles away. And God has sent you to live in that neighborhood. He's sent you to their school. He sent you to their workplace. He sent you to Lorraine Correctional. He has you in the place that he wants you, and you're going to be the answer to someone's prayer. And you're gonna do it best if there's a living hope that has just flown out of your life so can we just encourage each other with one phrase here? i want us to say it together aloud you're going to see it on the screen let's just make this our statement to one another you're ready to say it together you have been sent on mission as a hope dealer always be prepared lord that's our prayer that you will do that in us we said earlier that for some today they're they're not feeling it they would just go i i don't feel a tremendous amount of hope. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray that you would come, your Holy Spirit, and just pour out, just pour out hope. That bigger perspective that when we have been saved by you, sins forgiven, spirit coming to live within, a future of impact and a heaven that awaits, Lord, thank you for a living hope. May that just flow from us in such a way that you'll use us as send people. God, I'm available. This week, would you lead people our way? Give us appointments with others we didn't even anticipate and make a difference through us. We invite you to do that, Jesus. In your name, for your sake we pray. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. amen.